from the traditional and ancestral lands of the Wasanich people, bordering on the land of the Lekwungen people. I'm Michelle Seeley, and this is Amazing Places. Today on Amazing Places podcast, I'm very happy to welcome Eric Meissner. Eric is a constable with the Saanich Police Department, and he's here today to talk to us about a very interesting and special program that Saanich Police Department has brought in, and uh, Eric plays a big part in it. So welcome, Eric, to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, exciting to be here and exciting to interact with the community in a new and different way that I never expected that I'd be able to do as a police officer. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Neat. Okay, so as a bit of a background, Eric and I have known each other for a few years now. We have a mutual friend, Tara, and uh, we both adore her. And I credit her with, with bringing Eric into my life more than otherwise I would have had the opportunity to know him. And I used to think that Eric didn't even know my name until one day he called me by name. And I was absolutely, I, I don't think I could talk because I was so taken aback that Eric actually not only knew who I was, but he knew my name. So, but now I would say that we're good friends and we like to teach each other a little bit. So there you go. <laughs> so the program that Sanich has is called the Safe Place Program. Could you tell us more about it and some background maybe as to what it is and how it came to be at Saanich? Sure. So Safe Place actually came about starting a couple of years ago, and it was Tyra and I who worked with the program to start the inroads. And Safe Place is a program that's originally designed out of Seattle Police and Seattle. And it's a trademarked program that's designed to help marginalized communities within the area that the department services. Right now, there's over 300 different departments from around North America that are part of the program. And there's a, a huge list of requirements that you have to have in order to become part of the program. Because talking with the coordinator out of Seattle, it's super important that when we're supporting marginalized communities of any variety, that you have real people supporting those communities. And mm -hmm. I always go to my kind of go-to person, which is Alex Omiding. And Alex Omiding is an amazing human being who I am very happy to say uh, I get to work with. And he has been part of all kinds of different communities. He's been part of uh, the new to Canada community. He's been part of the black community. He's been part of the, you know, all kinds of different communities. And yes. he's the person that I go to when I have an idea or I want to support someone or I want to figure out a way that we as police and we as the Saanich Police Department can best support someone. And for anyone that's ever met Alex Omiding, you'll know that he's a bigger than life, great human being. Yes. Uh, and so I went to him when he was still with Oak Bay before he came to us and where we were talking about this program and I was talking to Tyra about the program and we decided to bring it on board because of the fact that equity, diversity and inclusion are super important parts of society and police need need to reflect the community that we service agreed uh, 
And so we have the Greater Victoria Police Diversity Advisory Committee, which has all kinds of different organizations that's part of it, who advise the CRDs-based police departments, including the RCMP, on policies and actions and community-based events and how our actions impact those that we uh, police, which everyone is needing to understand. And so the Sanitary Police Department approved the project to come on board, and I've been working with Seattle Police to get us approved for it. But COVID changes the way that anything rolls out right now. And especially when you're talking about community-based programs where you're inviting people into your space, rollout needs to be slow and strategic and conscientious of the fact that we are in a different world than we were in three years ago. So what we've done is we've slowly integrated this program. And so we started with Municipal Hall and the uh, fire departments and the police department and the community safety office now at Uptown and some of the recreational center youth drop-ins. So that way we were still within the zone of influence of the municipality and the guidelines of that. Not only are we able to control things like ensuring respect for the people that we're servicing, we are all part of the safe Harbor program, which is through the ICA. We've done training with regards to diversity and how to help marginalized communities. So that way we can control the rollout in a way that ensures that the program actually is supporting those people that are needing the assistance. Mm. And that's super important for me because I don't want a program that all we do is slap up stickers and posters and everyone joins because of the fact that they see everyone else joining. And there's no actual want to assist people in the way that people deserve to be assisted. Uh, so then so you're looking for buy-in then I'm looking for buy-in and I'm looking for organizations that understand how important supporting marginalized communities is. Right. Okay. So the rollout has been strategically slow and COVID slow. So we can work through those kind of learning curves and work with our community stakeholders in a manner that allows for the true meaning of the program to come through. So we are looking for our community stakeholders and our community partners now to start coming into the program. And so I've been working with some of the business associations to start educating them on the program, not bringing them on board yet, but just starting the education and communication part of the program. And that's I think, and this is a personal thing, is super important, is that we have proper communication of the program before people just jump on board for the sake of jumping on board. Mm. So you have Um, a a truer, maybe deeper commitment then to the program because they actually understand and they've had some time to absorb what it involves and what it means? Yeah. So 100%, I want the program to support marginalized communities and have the marginalized communities feel that they are supported. Got it. And I want that any business 
community center or anyone else within the municipality of Saanich, and keep in mind, I only have power over the municipality of Saanich. I have right. no power anywhere else. <laughs> but anyone who's interested should email me and we will work through the program and see if it's the right fit right now. For safety reasons, I want larger kind of organizations that have storefronts that are open and clear and have employees that are constantly there. I mean, not 24 seven, but like at least there's employees around so that if there's something that needs to happen, they can lock the door and call the cops. They can support the uh, person who's needing assistance and call the emergency services of the appropriate type, whatever that is. Okay. Now might be a good time, Eric, to take a look at or have you explain who the Safe Place program is actually aimed at. What are the definitions of marginalized people uh, within the parameters of the of the program through Seattle? Sure. And I put the caveat out there that I've shaped my program a little differently than a lot of programs. Okay. And there's specific reasons for that. So Seattle started the program because of uh, 2SLGBTQ hate crime increasing in the downtown core of the Seattle area. Mm-hmm. That has since, of course, shifted to include BIPOC and hard to house or unhoused communities, those who are suffering from mental health issues, mm-hmm. all of those kind of things, because anyone can be a marginalized community at one point in their lives, whatever uh-huh. that looks for them. Okay. And so I like to look at it as we all have some sort of privilege at one point in our lives. We all suffer through our own little things, be it you've got a mental health issue this week and you're suffering through it and we need to work through that. Mm -hmm. Or you're part of the 2SLGBTQ community, you're part of the BIPOC community, you're part of the New to Canada community, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. And so this program is designed to work with all marginalized communities at assisting them access emergency services. And I 100% will always admit that there have been past and present issues with emergency services and marginalized communities in all parts of Canada. And it is different than the US and it's different than Europe and it's different than all over the other places of the world. But police need to do better. And I will be the first to admit that police need to do better. But I want to support communities when they need to be supported. And so if you come to someplace that is a safe place location and you have been supported and you access emergency services, whatever that looks for you, and I only help one person in the history of the program, Mm -hmm. I'm a happy person because I helped one person. Uh, And... If you have not been supported at a safe place location, then I want to hear about that because we're going to work through that. And there are guidelines within the program that say that if you do not support people, that you will be removed from the program. And I want that in place because I want to ensure that everyone who's accessing the program feels that they are comfortable accessing the program and they've been supported. Right. It sounds to me like you are being the change that you wanted to see in the world. You are participating in your active in, in ensuring that there is change, both in inclusion, 
and as well as in making your community safer and showing that there is a heart in policing. <laughs> You're one of those hearts in policing that we know exist. You're right. But uh, sometimes it doesn't always get shown or communicated or that's not what's often broadcast. Yeah. And I always look at Gandhi and for right or wrong, he's got his own things that he's done in his past. But I do look at that quote, be the change you want to see in the world. And I got into policing because I want to help people. Right. And I don't have any interest in driving fast and I don't have any interest in firearms. Um, and I'd rather talk to you for four hours than ever put my hands on you and use force if that's the way that we can solve the problem. Mm. And I know many, many, many of my coworkers are the exact same way. Right. Because it's a different world. Every single day, every single place in the municipality of Saanich, there are cameras on us. Mm-hmm. Because I have two cell phones and <laughs> every single person, for the most part, has some sort of cell phone, iPad or tablet or computer or something with them, doorbell cameras or Nest systems or whatever the case is, there are cameras everywhere. And whoever thinks that there aren't cameras everywhere, probably you're living 20 years ago and you're not recognizing the reality of the current world. So as police, we recognize that we're on camera all the time. So we're going to act like we're on camera all the time. And sometimes things on camera look much worse than they do in reality. And I will not excuse anyone's extra use of force. And I'm totally for the police having accountability mechanisms. And we have tons within the province of British Columbia. And I want those accountability mechanisms because just like if you go back to Peel's principles and Peel had his own issues going on, but the police are the people and the people are the police. And we need to recognize that. So that's always my thoughts, but I do love being a voice of change. And we currently sit in a world that equity, diversity, and inclusion are the buzzwords and people are listening now. For the first time in decades, there is a strong power of change within police departments and emergency services. Because if you don't believe in the social justice movement, you are going to get bulldozed over. That's my thoughts, but I mean, I am but one person. So, (laughs) And we don't rule the world, unfortunately. (laughs) No, but I do believe in equity, diversity, diversity, and inclusion. And I truly believe in equity, diversity, and inclusion because it will change and make the world better. And so our police department has brought in committees to start looking at how we can best service the community that we serve. And so we have the Greater Victoria Police Diversity Advisory Committee, which if you can say that five times fast, more more power to you. (laughs) But that has the direct hearing of the police board and the voice of the community to the people who can make those changes happen. And so they've been around for several years and they can work through things. And we work for change within the police department, but also 
to work with community groups to try and see how policing can be a career for the community groups that we service. The municipality of Saanich has 26% that are a visible minority or identify as a visible minority. Mm -hmm. I think it's actually higher, but that's the last stat that's officially there, because if you look at the international students that come in for schooling, either in high school, university, or college, which Saanich has UVic, Camosun College, and several high schools, that raises everything up a little bit. So we need to have a diverse police department to serve the community that we actually serve. Right. You just mentioned community groups there, Eric, and that makes me recall too that it seems that you went through quite a process and you you had uh, conversations with a lot of community groups prior to starting this program or prior to when you were sort of first starting out. So can you run by us, what are the actions that you took and who did you involve in the lead up to this program? Sure. Unfortunately, in the greater Victoria area, there's just too many community groups to reach out to. So I do apologize if anyone feels that they were left out, but I reached out to kind of the big service areas with regards to community groups. And if you are going to service marginalized communities or communities that have a little bit more skeptability with regards to emergency services and the actions and everything else, mm -hmm. you really need to talk to them before you bring on new programs that are going to directly impact them. Okay. So I talked to and worked with the Greater Victoria Police Diversity Advisory Committee, and they have all kinds of different organizations that have seats at the table there. And it's a very eclectic mix of community organizations and should be a very eclectic mix of community organizations. Right. So I worked with them with regards to wording and the program and making sure that the way that the rollout was is reflective of servicing the community and their wishes and everything else. I worked with the Victoria Pride Society and they asked a lot of really good questions and I really appreciate their time and effort to provide some feedback and it went to the board to make sure that the board was okay with the rollout. Now they're not officially supporting the program in the like traditional sense of they're putting their name to the program, but they have been advised and worked with to ensure that the way that we roll out the program is not going to impact or harm the uh, 2SLGBTQ community. And I also worked with Stephen Bailey's of ICA, and I don't know if you know Stephen Bailey's. Yes, I do. But yeah. also <laughs> a wonderful human being who is Energetic. such a character. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, go, go, go. I, I don't know how he manages all that he manages on his plate, but worked with him and he met with us. And by us, I mean, Daryl Underwood and myself. Daryl Underwood is now the inspector in charge of community engagement. We worked through the program with ICA and he provided some great uh, resources and some great ways to modify the program a little bit that would better reflect the communities that he services. So I worked with those three core groups just because of the fact that they have so many feelers in the community and can service a bunch of different communities mm -hmm. because 
Unfortunately, if you try and uh, reach out to 50 different community organizations, you're just not going to be able to roll anything out. But I did reach out to kind of the big three to try and figure out how best to service marginalized communities through that lens. I really like that. The fact that although it was police initiated, certainly it had a lot of community input and that it was modified to what the community suggested. So you are, in fact, a program specifically tailored to this area and the residents and marginalized communities that reside within our area. Yeah, and it will never be, and I don't want it to be, a police program. Okay. Because that's not what this is about. Mm -hmm. This is about ensuring that someone feels that they are supported and safe when they're needing to be supported and safe. Mm -hmm. And so if that means that you know, they feel that they're being followed and targeted based on the color of their skin or the fact that they're wearing hijab or the fact that they have whatever is the the outward portrayal, then we're going to support them. And maybe that is the fact that we give them a safe place to sit and relax and have a glass of water while we try and figure out if we need to get police or we need to get the fire or we need to get an ambulance or how that's going to work through for them. Mm. So the program, yes, is run in the traditional sense in the fact that the police are the ones who are ensuring that, you know, the people who sign up are, or the corporations and businesses and entities that sign up are not doing it for nefarious reasons. Mm -hmm. But I want this program to be a community-based program that supports community-based members. I'm just, I'm so impressed. It sounds like so much thought clearly has been put into this before it's rolled out and and it's building community, which is something I'm really committed to and, and want to see in my community. And and it seems too that it would also apply possibly to visitors and people mm-hmm. that don't necessarily reside in Saanich, but they may work in Saanich or they're traveling through. So that's wonderful too, that it is very inclusive for a range of people. And because it's a recognized program from across North America, mm-hmm. if someone f- who's a resident of Seattle comes up and sees the sticker, they know what that program means. Mm-hmm which is one of the reasons why we went with the Seattle-based program and just modified it, but with their permission, because of the fact that it is not a standalone program that no one knows about, that Mm -hmm. we're trying to create something new. Vancouver Police has a program, you know, several other agencies. So it works in the fact that, like you said, a traveler, be it from Sydney, who's traveling through Saanich, or someone who's traveling from around North America that, you know, has come to the amazing city that is the greater Victoria area and decided to come for a vacation and need some assistance. So it is a, a known program on purpose. Great. Super. So being that it's still sort of in the initial phases and that, uh, can businesses that are interested or people that work for a business that they'd like to see their employer start participating in the program, how would they go about doing that? So there's two options. The first is to visit www.spdsafeplace.ca, and that will give you the basics of the program, how to contact me because I currently sit as the coordinator of the program. That's not me as 
I'm the be all end all of the, the world. Um, <laughs> but it looks at the basics of the program, how to contact, and we can work through that. The other option is that you send me an email at safeplace at sanichpolice.ca and we can work through it that way. So those are the two main options, just because of the fact that we are in the current world that we are. I'm not doing any sort of business calls in the fact mm. that I'm not coming to your business and we're going to work through it that way. I mean, I'm happy to work through it on teams and all those kind of things, but we're just not in the current space of coming out and having face-to-face -face the way that I wish that we could. Right. Don't we all wish that we could? <laughs> I usually see you in passing at a coffee place and that's about it. That's our, our in-person interactions, unfortunately, for the last couple of years, but okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, Eric. Now, before we close, I would really like to ask you about something that I know that you have, if you're comfortable talking about it, and that is that you have a fish room in your home and I'm I, I have an inkling of what it is, but can you tell us about the fish room and why it's so important and how it helps you? Sure. So I'm a champion of mental health and I'm a champion of personal mental health and I'm champion of global mental health. So part of my side duties, I backfill for IMSERT or the Integrated Mobile Crisis Response Team. I love assisting people when I can assist people. And that's why, you know, I'm in the school liaison officer position and community engagement and, you know, the safe place program and everything else. If I can assist you, I am more than happy to assist you. So one of my own personal ways of maintaining my mental health is I do have several aquariums in my house. <laughs> so about two years, I moved into my current location and it has a ground floor little den, which is super important because it has to have a cement pad. My large tank, and it's not nearly as large as several people would have in the area, but my large tank is 180 gallons. So it's six feet by two feet by two feet. Oh my and weighs about two tons by the time you add the stand, the water, the rocks, the sump, and everything else. Wow. So the cement pad is a super important part of this. I can see that now, yes. <laughs> and that's that houses my fish that I've wanted for years. Because before I lived in little apartments and um, that kind of thing, and I couldn't have the fish that I wanted because it wasn't fair to have that fish in the size of tanks that I could have. Nerd Eric, and I will totally embrace being a nerd. I have a master's degree in science and that degree actually is based in fish. So I studied mercury dynamics in streams. What? Yeah, I'm a nerd. <laughs> And and you're not, and you change from that to being a police officer. Okay, that's a whole other podcast. But anyway, continue. So Fish and aquariums and water has always been part of my life. So I have my little den with a little uh, lazy boy reclining love seat in it and a little TV on the wall and that kind of thing. And I have my big tank in front of me and that's where my fish is. And he greets me every morning and we have good little experiences and he calms me down. So when I'm having a bad day or when I know that I need to reflect on things or whatever else, I go and I watch my fish tanks and 
that's how I deal with my things. And, you know, I do the normals, like I love cycling or bike riding or whatever that is. And, you know, right now I'm into Peloton because of the fact that it's rainy and gross outside. So like I can do that in my garage and we move on with our lives and that kind of thing. But I've rode Tour de Rock, which is super amazing and raises money for childhood cancer research, which... I mean, how do you say no to a kid with cancer? And I have ridden the Ride to Remember, which is in Ontario. We also have one now in BC for fallen officers. And this year, because I felt like doing something weird, I just signed up for the RBC Grand Fondo. So I'm about to ride uh, from Stanley Park to Whistler. (gasps) Oh my goodness. And when is that? September. So that's my next thing because I didn't have enough on the go. So I decided to do that one. So yes, my fish room hundred percent is my go-to mental health location because I want 18 years from now to retire and be a similar person to what I am right now. I don't want the job to best me. And so I work with a therapist and I make sure that my, you know, that I take time for myself and to decompress and I work with, you know, my Peloton and my fish room. And I keep motioning to the left because of the fact that I have uh, poison dart frogs in a vivarium right here that I just created. Um, And so like, I love plants and animals and everything else. I wish that I could have a dog. I just don't have the time for a dog. And so I borrow other people's dogs. (laughs) (laughs) That works too. All the fun and enjoyment and benefit without the actual work. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Well, it's interesting too, because I know that the psychology behind dentist's office having aquariums in their offices to try and bring down people's stress level. And because studies show that watching fish swim around actually does reduce our, our level of anxiety and levels of stress. Clearly you've nailed that already with a massive aquarium. It's pretty big. Pardon me? It's pretty big. Oh my gosh. So can you tell us what type of fish it is? Sure. It is a Fajaca puffer, which is the second largest freshwater puffer in the world, which is based out of the Nile. And he is a super gregarious fish. Like I said, the studies show that he can see approximately 30 feet away from the tank. So when you walk into the room, he actually knows that you're walking into the room and he will come up from his little (laughs) hidey hole and greet you. And he knows the difference between different people. So like 100% will react differently to different people and super amazing fish. I mean, I have other fish too, but like Mm. he's my... He's my special boy. Oh, that's so neat. Having a children that had betas and then my wish is a balasharks, a bunch of balasharks, little baby balasharks. I think they're very cool, but that's about the extent of my fish dreams. So I'm looking forward to that uh, invitation to come visit your fish room and see how that works for me. Oh, and, you know, it, it's such an amazing experience when you do reduce your cortisol levels and you mm. do take the time to breathe and work through the things that you need to work through. And it's so important for everyone. And I say everyone, it does not matter if you're a barista at Starbucks or you're working at a gas station or you're a nurse or a doctor or a paramedic or a firefighter or a police officer. It does not matter. You need to take care of yourself. 
Because right. no one will take care of yourself as well as you. 100%. And it sounds like the multifaceted Eric uh, has multifaceted ways of taking care of his mental health too. And at the same time, ensuring that other people in his community are taken care of because you clearly do care about the community that you police and that you live in. And that's really impressive. I'm, I've learned so much more about you than I knew before. So I'm very grateful that you've come on to talk to us today. And I really appreciate the fact that the Safe Place program is, is here in Saanich and looking forward to, as our world slowly returns to the next normal, that we'll be able to see how this looks like with actual businesses involved. Yeah, that's my excitement. I want to ensure that the people of the municipality of Saanich recognize that they are appreciated and that they are supported and that the emergency services and other community-based stakeholders want to support you. Mm -hmm. So I just have one more question. <laughs> this is what happens. Just one more question. This is currently sort of under the auspices of the Sandwich Police Department. You keep talking about emergency services. Would that include at some point the fire department also into this program? So Sandwich Fire because I can Sorry. only speak to Saanich. Right. Um, Saanich Fire has come on board as well as ah. the Saanich Emergency Services Program. So right. when there's a fire and an apartment building's displaced and or there's an earthquake, the Saanich uh, Emergency Services Program's activated and they're part of the program as well. So I've presented with them and so they also are part of the program. So it is all encompassing within the municipality and that's because it's such an important thing and every layer of government within the municipality has recognized that it is an important thing. Wonderful. That's really great. Well, way to go Saanich and way to go Saanich Police and Eric as well. Thank you very much. Really appreciate the time that you've given us today and wonderful explanations. And we will include on our social media and on the uh, main podcast posting how to contact you through the website. That's wonderful. Discussed. Well, thank you again. Take care. Thank you. Bye, Eric. Bye. This has been another episode of Amazing Places. With gratitude for our guests and listeners, I'm Michelle Seeley. Thanks for listening.